I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Today's special programme is brought to you from the fabulous Chelsea Flower Show in London. This star-studded annual celebration of the best in international gardening sees the grounds of the Royal Hospital play host to many of the best designers, growers and nursery people from around the globe. It's a real highlight of the horticultural year. A sea of colour, scent and imagination, Chelsea never fails to surprise and delight. We joined the guests on the show's opening day to see what's on offer this year. Hello, I'm Sue Biggs, Director General of the RHS. I think one of the things I love most about Chelsea Flower Show is how you know you've got the world's best nurserymen, garden designers, but the feeling of camaraderie at the showground is wonderful. Everybody is happy because they're here to talk about horticulture. Because it's the Queen's 90th this year, the two floral arches as you come into the showground are spectacular. And I think one of the most moving things on the showground are the poppies, the over 300,000 poppies on the steps up to the Royal Hospital. But some of the gardens here are spectacular this year, I think, and so much variety. Hello, I'm Rob Bryden. I have been enjoying what I enjoy every year. I keep this day clear and I, I look forward to it and I say, oh, not long now until we go to Chelsea. It's fantastic. Obviously, it's a collection of excellence. So in anything, really, you know, if you're at the epicentre of it, you know, and I would say that this is, then it's such a treat to see excellence upon excellence. It's just a delight. It really is. Oh, I love it. I mean, I've, I've been for a few times and I really, really love its exuberance. I love it. The defeat of the impossible is... I suppose that's what gardening's about, isn't it, really? Things grow... And I can't understand why it's got such a fusty image, because I think it's rather cool. My name is Katie Piper. Um, I'm here today at the Chelsea Flower Show with my dad, David, and he's a keen gardener. So we've come today to admire the show gardens. Um, we've seen some fantastic things, some really impressive sculptures. I think the most beautiful thing we've seen is the stained glass window, the Yorkshire yeah, Garden. One, yeah. yeah, I thought that was very tranquil and calming. Matthew Wilson, garden designer for the Welcome to Yorkshire's 2016 Chelsea Garden. Uh, well, the garden's inspired by the Great East Window at York Minster Cathedral, and uh, it takes that inspiration in form of uh, 
both the, the, the stained glass, the actual stained glass, which is the same stained glass that's being used in the restoration of the Great East Window, uh, mouth-blown, incredibly beautiful. When you get up close to it, it's full of all these wonderful little imperfections, little bubbles and marks and so on. So it transmits the light in a very beautiful way. And then that triggered all sorts of thoughts about how I could represent the stained glass in the form of plants. So there's planting uh, to the sides of the garden, which is, I suppose, inspired by some of the great Yorkshire gardens, uh, Yorkshire woodland gardens in particular. But then through the centre here, we've got this band of mainly perennial planting uh, where I've tried to reference the colours in the glass uh, into the, uh, the, the, the perennial planting. And it's been quite nice actually today because a number of people have walked along and, and gone, oh yeah, okay, I see what you're doing there. You have got the plant, the same colour, you know, so people are getting it. They're understanding it, which is it's always great when you don't have to explain everything in a garden. My name's Cleve West um, and we're at the Chelsea Flower Show. I've designed the MNG garden. It's a, uh, a very self-indulgent garden, this one, because it's, it's based on my memory as a, as a teenager when I first really discovered landscape. I lived in Porlock in, on Exmoor. My mum and dad ran a, a small hotel and um, Exmoor was pretty much my back garden. So we had every sort of thing. It's a very diverse place. So every sort of type of landscape you could imagine from sea cliff to marshland to fields, agricultural fields, woodland, moorland, coombs. You know, it's just incredible. It's a contemporary take on it. It's, an, it's a, a, a homage to my teenage years really and and that moment in time when I really discovered landscape uh, in, a, in a very raw um, but beautiful way. One of the things that I really do remember in those teenage years was a place called Shillet Wood which is near Porlock, it's up on Porlock Hill and it was full of oak trees which are stunted with the weather that was battering them. Um, so what I've tried to do here is to bring in seven oak trees all with character you know, all with gnarled shapes, twisted trunks, and, and that's the sort of memory, that's the enduring memory I've got of that place. And so that's really the dominant theme, it's oak trees, and they're not English oak, they're Quercus pubescens, which is the downy oak, and, um, I, you know, they had the character they did, which I was searching for, and we've, we've completely surrounded the garden with an oak fence, so it's almost as if to frame the memory. And then we've got the other elements, like water, and stone, which are the, so there's three main elements, oak, water and stone. And really it is a contemporary space set within a, a very contrived rockery formation. I'm uh, Andy Sturgeon and I'm the, the garden designer of the Telegraph Garden. So the idea of this garden is it's based on massive geological events that shape our planet. And I've got these huge bronze plates that run down the garden like a mountain range might run down the spine of a country like the Apennines in Italy or the Pennines in this country. And then below it, I've got this rocky gorge and everything about this is huge bits of stone. It has a sort of age and solidity about it, which is connected back to this geological idea. But it's also about how really how man is a very a sort of tiny insignificant role in everything that's been going on in our planet we've only been here for a blink of an eye whereas things like uh, the stone which is really fossil rich i've got ammonites and things there it just is a good strong reference back to the age of things and then the planting to complement the stone and this geological idea it's really mediterranean climate so very arid 
I've got lots of stones and rocks and gravel running through the planting. And what that does, it separates all the plants, but space between them and shadows. So you can almost appreciate them in their individual forms. And another element of the planting is because we've sunk the garden down, we've dug out for this stream and pond, it means that you get really long views across the planting. And I really wanted that so that you read all the textures together, like you might in a Pete Udolf prairie planting where you can see all the plants uh, almost in layers. And I've also created quite long vistas within the garden so that you can, uh, you can sort of see almost every plant from any position, if you like. Probably about half these plants are hardy in this country, but half of them aren't. And it's, they're all from the Mediterranean climate, but that might be from California, Mexico, Chile, um, the actual Mediterranean, Western Australia, all these different places. But it means they can actually survive together in this in this dry soil and in the heart of the garden it's more focused on the leaves and the, the some of the yellows in the leaf color uh, but also the silvers and grays and that I've introduced a bit of orange there as you drift down the garden towards the front of the garden the oranges get left behind and it becomes more about blues and purples and pinks and a bit of white so I've, and it also becomes a bit, little bit more dainty uh, and pretty, I suppose, for want of a better word, whereas the planting further down the garden is a little bit more rugged and architectural. If I won Best in Show, that would be, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. I, I know that my friend Cleve West is a contender, and last time I exhibited here in 2012, uh, it went to the wire between Cleve and I, the judges tell us, and uh, Cleve won. <laughs> and so I feel like this year... I should be Cleve. <laughs> I've noticed there's a lot of copper this year. I don't know if anybody else is saying that to you, but I'm seeing a lot of copper, and I approve. It's very nice. Hello, I'm Alice Fowler, and I write for The Guardian. And I would say this year there is an awful lot of the colour orange. I don't know quite how I feel about it, but it's popped up absolutely everywhere. Orange, bronze, copper... Peach, Melba, you name it. Any kind of variation of orange that seems to be here. There's a lot of very unusual plants that people haven't seen for a while or have never seen before at this Chelsea. So I think that's quite exciting for the real plants person to be able to go and have a good look at stuff. And there's a definite Mediterranean feel going on. So I'm Hugo Bug and I've designed the Royal Bank of Canada Garden. Um, and this garden's a very three-dimensional, quite structural garden under the canopy of um, and the Aleppo pine. And the whole garden's been inspired by um, some recent trips to Jordan where they have these lovely pine forests with a really rich flora. Um, and I wanted to bring a little bit of that to Chelsea in a garden which is celebrating water as an entity rather than as a commodity. And we've got a very small amount of water in the garden but in a very sacred um, form sitting within a triangle inside an isosahedron, which is the platonic solid associated with water. Um, and then radiating out from that, so lots of geometry, lots of lines forming levels and changes which you walk through. Um, and that's surrounded by this um, flora and vegetation that you would typically find under the pine trees in Jordan. With 80% of these plants native, um, and we've actually had to grow from seed because they, you know, they're not commercially available within Europe. So at the front of the garden we have um, the lupin um, pelosus, which is a really vivid blue, um, and that's sort of set behind um, a drift of hordium grasses, um, the barley, and then red poppies, um, with then spikes of anchusa, so it's lots of very, very bright blues, um, reds, and then the yellows and greens of the, and purples of the, of the grass, of the barley. So it creates quite a natural drift 
um, of planting, which is very typical to what you would find in the sunnier patches of um, the pine forest in Jordan. My name is Richard E. Grant, I'm at the Chelsea Flower Show, and the box plants at this stand are going up and down, and they're about to start playing in an English country garden. It's absolutely amazing, like Disneyland. I've never seen, never seen anything like this at the Chelsea Flower Show. It's completely bonkers. I'm Dermot Gavin, I'm a garden designer, and we're standing in front of the Harrods British Centric Garden at the 2016 Chelsea Flower Show. The overall design centres on a sunken Italianish pond, uh, which is lined by uh, reclaimed Yorkshire stone. That's flanked on either side by two raised borders, I suppose. The prime planting in those borders are uh, columns of six conical bay trees, and behind the bay is a fraught of zingy loveliness in terms of planting style. So we have a, a basic structure of box balls which were set in a grid and amongst those box balls we have mainly herbaceous perennials but also some grasses, ferns and bulbs. The cacophony of colour that I'm trying to create here is a base layer of kind of Queen Mother uh, pastels, you know, nice whites and light pinks and light blues, but then create some zing, some jazz, some fireworks with foxtail lilies and gems, you know, uh, deep purple salvias, and just add some, I suppose, fusion of, of, of different ideas to heat up a, an otherwise genteel, stately border. All of that uh, planting leads up to a folly, and the folly is uh, represents the imagined uh, house of the guy who lives here. He has a butler. He's from kind of Jeeves and Wasser era. He likes Noel Coward. Is a little stone terrace outside his house, but he has a wicked sense of humour. He also has a shed, a tin shed in the garden, and he disappears off to the tin shed and he comes up with ideas uh, for stuff for his garden. These ideas will generally involve something madcap. So when he is people around when he gets the gin bottle out he sits them on the terrace and they look around and all of a sudden things begin to happen so at the cocktail hour he invites some friends around and on the gramophone he puts on mad dogs and englishmen he sits them down they sit around a round table they have their gin and uh, probably pink gin and they have a look and they're having a delightful conversation and all of a sudden this clock will strike at the quarter hour and his guests will be looking into the garden and you'll see box balls and they'll begin to bob up and down. And then there's some bay trees and they'll begin to dance with each other around and round. And all of a sudden you look towards the folly itself and a carousel of planting travels around the folly. And then the window boxes, they leave the ground floor, they shoot up to the first floor. Over on the left-hand side you'll have a turntable with a sundial on it that'll flip over and there'll be a pot of geraniums. On the right-hand side a shrub will begin to rotate and an automatic pruning shears will come up out of the ground and do the work for him. And finally, the roof comes off the house, tipping its hat to the people below. My name is, is uh, Charlie Warman. We're looking at a, at, a, at a beautiful percussion garden here and, and the whole idea of the, of the water and everything is to, is to set off all the sounds, not the beeping sound from some dump truck backing up which is which is ruining the whole thing <laughs> but oh there we go it's so now you can hear the peaceful percussion of this beautiful thing and, and and it's all it's all for people who have disabilities so that they could come and they could use the garden
I'm Chris Beardshaw and I'm the designer of the Morgan Stanley Garden for Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital, uh, which we're standing in front of here and uh, the sun is shining and the garden is, is resplendent. The garden is intended as a, a green chapel, if you like, for the parents of the children who are undergoing treatment at Great Ormond Street Hospital. And, and what became obvious from my discussions with uh, the clinicians and the patients and the parents and those that work at Great Ormond Street is that Great Ormond Street is, is a resounding success largely because of the relationships that they develop. And unlike a lot of medical institutions where as a patient you sort of hand yourself over to the clinicians, Great Ormond Street specialises in developing a positive relationship and it's a dialogue between those, uh, those individuals, those three parties. And so what I wanted to try and do is to create a space in which the parents of the children can sit back in a green environment and gather their thoughts and try and find perhaps a different perspective on what is undoubtedly one of the most challenging times of their lives and their families' lives. And so it was important to, to create a garden that was calm and, and relaxing, and hence the uh, wealth of textured foliage, uh, predominance of green, um, with jewels of flowers dancing through, uh, a sense that the garden flows and, um, and, and is devoid of superfluous and, and rather um, affronting elements. It, was, it, it just allows the mind to wander and the eye to dance between one plant and, and, and the next. And the motif really of, of woodland is created uh, as a consequence of where this is going. It's going onto the roof, two, story, uh, two stories up at Great Ormond Street, the old boiler house roof, and the space is surrounded by 10-story buildings, which means that there's a great deal of shade cast. And inevitably, that means that in order to be successful, we have to create a garden that is, is really dominated by plants that revel in shade and, and, and the dappled light. In fact, there's very little direct sunlight comes into this garden, just the tips of the trees. And so uh, that set the theme for the garden. And we know that in those dappled shade environments, the blues, the whites, the indigos, the violets, those are the colours of the flowers that shine out. They're the most um, radiant. So the combination of green textures and that range of colours um, is really where the, the heart of the garden lies. One of the things about show gardens is that uh, very often the, the comment is that they're not real gardens, that there's very little to take home factor. And actually one of the, the elements that I love most about creating show gardens is, is to constrain yourself with reality, that combinations of plants are real combinations and we condense them at Chelsea to make a slightly more uh, showy uh, appearance but there's no reason why the combinations that you see here couldn't be deployed in a garden of similar environments so if you have an organic matter rich soil if it's if it's damp and um, neutral or slightly acidic um, heavy soil uh, and that dappled shade element cast by trees or buildings then there's no reason why um, why the planting combinations that you see here couldn't succeed at, uh, at home and actually the vast majority of the plants are real hard workers you know I mean when you've got things like Phalaris freezy and, um, and Helleborus argutifolius you know I mean they're common garden plants um, and they are hard workers there's no room for prima donnas in the garden here you know you need them to, to really seize the opportunity and be very gregarious and tumble over one another thrust themselves forward to try and please the eye of the viewer and, and those are the plants that I enjoy playing with because um, you know that you can spend such a lot of time trying to get a single plant to perform um, if it is a prima donna and then disappointment follows but you know plants like cardiocrinum it doesn't mean that you can't use the specialist uh, plants and those that are majestic cardiocrinum gigantium you know the giant 
giant Himalayan lily just sort of thrusting its way up. It's already at about four foot high and it's destined for about 12 foot in height later in the season. Wonderful pendant white blooms, 12 to 15 pendant white blooms, deeply, deeply fragrant, long flowering period and great big spade-shaped foliage. It's an absolute beauty. If you've got a woodland garden, everyone should have one. You know, And the garden is full of those sorts of... Some very common plants and some which are perhaps a little bit out of favour, like the cardiocrimes or even the little delicate Primula bulliana. Wonderful, sort of starts as a tangerine bud and then fades to a slightly more yellow colour in tears. Flowers for a month and is perfect amongst hostas and alchemillas and geraniums and aquilegias. The most important thing for me with this garden is the, uh, the families who will be able to experience and uh, the, the, the garden at Great Ormond Street is the transformative effect that, that gardens like this have on people's lives. And so if the RHS judges think that that's, uh, that deserves a medal, that's great. But, but you know, the real judge for me is, is that the, the, the people who walk out of the garden, have they got a smile on their face? And if they have, if it's, if it's just given them that sparkle of hope, then that's success. The theme of this year's Chelsea Flower Show is Greening Grey Britain for Health, Happiness and Horticulture. Anne-Marie Powell has designed a show garden for the RHS based around our campaign to promote the benefits of gardening to everyone. The RHS this year have launched a campaign called Green in Grey Britain and what that is is that we are paving over as a nation our gardens a huge rate of knots and there's legislation that protects kind of putting in driveways and things like that but there's not really any legislation to protect our plants unless you've got a tree preservation order or live in a conservation area and the plants are so important to communities and individuals and it's just it just makes perfect sense actually that that we bring communities together to actually look after space. There's been, there's been scientific research that shows that if you live near a garden or a green space, you are less likely to become sick, you are much happier, and you know it really does change the feeling of living in that community space and, and within that environment. It changed people's lives, really. You can find more coverage of the RHS Chelsea Flower Show, including reports, medal winners lists, plant details, photos, videos, and of course our podcast on the RHS website. I'm Jenny Bowden, and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast, brought to you this week from the Chelsea Flower Show. One of the striking aspects of Chelsea 2016 is the number of talented female designers who are exhibiting high-profile show gardens on the main avenue. Six designers this year, up from two in 2015. We spoke to some of these female designers to hear about their award-winning designs for the Chelsea Flower Show this year. We last year pointed out that we would love more female designers to apply because there's some very talented female garden designers in this country and we're delighted that so many more have applied this year and uh, there's some fabulous gardens by female designers which is great. Hello I'm Rosie Hardy from Hardy Scottish Garden Plants and this year I'm doing the Bruin Dolphin Garden on Main Avenue with my co-helpers of uh, Bowls and Wire who have been brilliant contractors helping me out. This is the first time I've ever done a garden at Chelsea. I've done show gardens before but they were always at Hampton Court and so this is quite a different kettle of fish it really is gardens based on hampshire chalk downland the river test chalk streams chalk streams and their demise really we need to keep the water sources clean we need to make sure that we're not 
putting too much in the way of chemicals onto the land we need to make sure that we don't extract it too much so that we keep that going because the ecosystem around the chalk streams is fantastic. Joe Thompson, garden designer, we're at the Chelsea Flower Show. The garden this year is the Chelsea Barracks Garden and it's based on one of the lost rivers of London which actually runs underneath the Chelsea Barracks site and I've tried to create a communal garden, a garden that can be used by groups of people or by individuals to kind of to, to kind of sit and relax or, or, or you know to, to socialise. It's got a big lawn in the middle as every good communal garden should have and we have got a rill running through the garden and this is the idea of the lost river which runs underneath the Chelsea Barracks site. Well this garden has a lot of roses in it. On the Chelsea Barracks site there is one remaining building from the original barracks which is the chapel, the garrison chapel and that has a glass window in at one end which has the shape of a rose in it and so from that I got the idea of planting a lot of roses people love roses I love to use roses and use them in most gardens if I can and so we've got six or seven varieties of roses put together so it's a kind of rose garden reimagined really it's not just bare canes sticking out of the the soil with with no underplanting it's softened it's a it's a soft rose garden so hopefully people will see how you can put roses together in quite a relaxed way and and see some good combinations some of them are really traditional roses salvias geraniums fennels that there's nothing too frightening in in the garden you know I want it as always I wanted it to be a real garden that people can look at and see you know and realize that they can do it at home we've got foxgloves so digitalis sutton's apricot which goes really well with some of the deeper red roses such as nuit de young and we've also got chianti and they're really really rich wine colors and then a little bit of ladies mantle you know alcamilla mollis just just to set it off give it a bit of zing so as you can tell you know no, nothing too frightening I'm Catherine MacDonald and I've designed the Hartley Botanic Garden for Chelsea 2016. The idea behind the design for this is that you walk on through what represents the end of a traditional like walled garden. You walk into a glasshouse structure that houses a collection of themed plants. In this case, they are Saracenias, carnivorous plants. The glasshouse structure then acts as like a folly or a retreat, somewhere to sit and over, you know, actually be able to look out on the landscape beyond, which in this case is a woodland-styled garden that is British uh, native species. So it's the silver birch, Betula pendula, underplanted with British native plants. And the glasshouse structure is actually built to emerge from a formal-shaped water feature. You can see photos and find information about all the show gardens and designers featured at rhs.org.uk forward slash Chelsea. As well as Chelsea, there are many more gardening events and attractions taking place across the UK in the next few weeks. Not least our next flower show at Hampton Court Palace on the 5th to the 10th of July. Make your greenhouse space more productive with our practical greenhouse in summer talk and demonstration at Wisley on the 4th of June. Booking is essential. 
All the RHS gardens will be hosting half-term events. At Rosemore, Scouting for All will include family fun activities and a garden trail with den building and orienteering, free with normal garden entry between the 28th of May and the 5th of June. Or how about the more sedate pleasures of bonsai? The Harlow Carr Bonsai Group Bonsai Show runs from the 18th to the 19th of June. Take a walk on the wild side at Hyde Hall, a guided stroll around the garden with enthusiastic and knowledgeable RHS staff. They will be revealing the garden's secret wildlife. And finally, tickets to our brand new flower show at Chatsworth in Derbyshire will go on sale on June the 7th. Be a part of gardening history when the show opens in 2017. RHS Chatsworth is going to come as our first ever flower show there, one that we hope will last many, many years. We're over 100 years old here at Chelsea, over 25 years old at Hampton Court, and we hope in years to come somebody will be sitting here saying that we're at the centenary of Chatsworth. Chatsworth has got a theme of design revolutionaries, which I think is fantastic. I mean, some great designers like Joseph Paxton, Capability Brown were involved in the creation of that fabulous garden at Chatsworth. Uh, but really what we want to do is break the mould of our other flower shows. We want it to be different. Um, so uh, even from as simple as some curved lines instead of straight lines, seeing things from different perspectives up in the air, crossing over the River Derwent on bridges that we'll have built. Very exciting show it's going to be. For more information on these and many other events across all RHS gardens, please visit rhs.org.uk forward slash event search. That's all we have time for in this special podcast brought to you from the Chelsea Flower Show. We'll be back in a fortnight when all the flowers and glitz will have moved on to their future homes and the Chelsea pensioners can enjoy peace and quiet once more. Until then, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Jenny Bowden, and all the RHS Gardening podcast team, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. 
and you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.